1: Whoa, that's good. This is not Sadie, but it is Christian. Take it's Sadie because we're one. (laughs) But I'm so excited to introduce one of my favorite people in the world who has been my pastor here in college for the past three and a half years.
0: Miles (laughs) Fidel! Wow.
2: What an intro.
0: I just had to jump in there. Me and Christian are tag teaming kind of on this podcast, but and I love it. I wanted him to introduce you. This is Miles, he is the pastor at ACC in Auburn. And Christian and I have had the honor of getting to go to church here, and so we just wanted to come and interview you.
2: I'm honored to be you here. Some you guys bong. are killing it. The Huffs in Auburn, it's amazing.
0: It's awesome. Well, I'm so excited. So I asked this question to Christian like this. I'm going to ask it the same way to you. I say, I'm not going to treat you any different than anybody else, but don't let that freak you out. I'm good. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given?
2: So the best piece of advice that I've been given is kind of the advice that has had the most amount of effect on me over the years. I was a college student thinking about the future like every college student is, and I knew I wanted to be. A preacher. I knew God That's had a awesome. calling on my life, so I was obsessed with studying how people are inspired through the Word of God, and always listening to sermons, always following preachers around. And I had a mentor in my life who said, "Miles, the best thing you can do during this season of your life is find your own voice." Mm. And what he meant by that was so often it's easy to get inspired by someone and then try to imitate them. But what he was saying was, you need to figure out what makes you uniquely you and unleash that. Everybody's got a voice. Everybody has this individual capacity to inspire people. And so I think about the story of David against Goliath, that Mm -hmm. he had an opportunity to try to fight Goliath as Saul. Mm -hmm. But he said, I don't want, the armor. I want my slingshot because that's who I am. And so I started learning who I am and how I tick. And instead of cultivating somebody else's gifting and somebody else's calling kind of develop my own version of this is what God wants to say through my life and I think when you learn how to cultivate and maximize your individuality that's one of the greatest yep. gifts you can give to the world.
0: Come on live original. I love it. Honestly yes. that's, that's super fam. encouraging. I feel like I have something a story so similar because whenever I started to go into speaking I got super intimidated after I started watching mm-hmm. videos of Christine K and Beth Moore and Priscilla Shire and yes. I was like wait I don't think I can do this and I remember my mom started noticing me just getting a little like hesitant to speak after I started to just try to learn from these people she said Sadie here's the thing you're not gonna be Christine Kane, and you're not gonna be Beth Moore and you're not gonna be Priscilla Shire but yep. you're you that's a good and thing. that's the voice that God wants you to use and like fast forward all the way to this year at Passion I asked Kristen Kane for some advice because I was so nervous and she said God only anoints you and she said not another so version of you so and so good. everything you say i just echo that echo that echo that for anybody else who is walking into something that they're like mm, maybe a little intimidated because all these other people are killing it but there's a reason you're you and so and love you that advice
2: unleashed your gift at passion 2020 <laughs> in a way that was so powerful and Thanks. profound if you are listening to this right now and have not heard Sadie's <laughs> talk at passion check it out thank so
0: thank It was crazy. And I was so glad that the church was there. That was awesome. It was fun. So I just want to ask you a little bit about how this all started. So I kind of mentioned that you're a pastor here at Auburn near a university, I guess, at a university. and Very close. Very, very close to a university. And that's a big deal. I think I love this church. I love what this church does. I got to speak at Ignite, something that y'all put on. And it's just encouraging. It's encouraging to be in an atmosphere where it feels like you really believe in the yeah. college students. Yeah. And so what kind of makes your, I know you, if nobody's ever seen Miles Preach, you got to go watch him because he gets fired up. What fires you up? I know this isn't just a college church, but what fires you up about specifically that college age?
2: Yeah, so I would have never thought I was going to be pastoring a church in Auburn, Alabama. (laughs) Definitely not at the age that our church started. But one of the things that's so powerful about doing ministry to college students is that you get to interact with individuals who are literally deciding the trajectory of their lives. Wow, that's true. And so students like your now husband, I get to watch grow a passion for Jesus and get launched into the next season of their life with so much more clarity about what matters most and more than that, who matters most, Jesus himself. So when we got here, we used to get bummed out when students would graduate and move on. And now it's actually something that we look forward to because we're like, we get the chance to watch their lives get impacted and then go change the world all over the world. It's an amazing way to do church. And then when they leave, there's a whole nother class coming behind them that's going to be impacted as well
0: so powerful and i think that's encouraging if you're a college student listening you're hearing somebody who believes in you, somebody yeah. who is a pastor who walks with college students like my husband daily. Like you've answered some phone calls that Christian's been like, hey, I got this question, all kinds of questions. And it's just been awesome that you believe in him. You believe in us. You believe in the university. And so people believe that like, hey, these four years aren't just like you time. They're not just time to waste. They're actually time to really think about what God's going to do in your future. And that's inspired me just from listening to you. And actually, I think even changed the way I look at my age group as well so it's awesome
2: and if you think about the most important decisions that you make in a lifetime such a high percentage of those decisions are made during that window of your life Mm -hmm. that it is more important than ever that you're not wasting it chasing what the world has to offer but that that you're actually engaging with the kingdom of god and when you watch students setting their lives up with a foundation that they're going to stand on for a long time just like both of you have There's nothing more rewarding than watching somebody choose not to waste their life on something less than the life Jesus died for them to live.
0: Come on. It's amazing. Somebody just rewind that 15 seconds. That (laughs) is so good. All right. So you said you would have never imagined living at Auburn preaching. How did it start?
2: in auburn alabama (laughs) i i still look at my driver's license and i cannot believe um, that god has done this so i'm from the metro atlanta area and me and my wife courtney never had any intention of starting a church in auburn or in any college town for that matter but we got a vision from the lord right after we got married that one day we would start a church and i'll never forget being at dinner with some of our best friends and my wife she would never do this some people say things like this all the time the time. My wife, Courtney, is amazing, but this is not an everyday thing. She (laughs) says, God spoke to me. I think I know where we're going to start a church, and it's Auburn, Alabama. Whoa. And we knew some families in the Auburn area, but when she described why, she said, A community of college students could combine with a community of adults and families that want to support and pour into them. And if we do church in that area for just a little while, God is going to do something so special and so impactful. And literally what she described at that dinner was a God-sized vision and dream that we have watched come true for five and a half years.
0: Wow. And that's literally crazy because I did not know that part of the story. And I walk into this church and if I described it to somebody, that is is how I would describe it. It's amazing. I think that is such a beautiful thing about this church. And I just want you to kind of speak to that that there are college students, but there's also adults and families. What do you think the beauty of that is?
2: That's what I was going to say, Sadie. Don't count college students out because college students are starving for the generation that's in front of them to pour into them. It's great. It is an absolute lie to think that young people just want the older generation to leave them alone. And Mm -hmm. that's why I think it's powerful. We actually don't even really have a college ministry here. Our church is a college ministry. So the adults get the opportunity to do life with college students. And what happens is this natural flow of the college student's passion impacting the adults, but the adult's (laughs) wisdom trickling down into the lives of the college students. And it is a powerful thing to witness. That's what we've noticed over the years is don't count the next generation out because they want to be poured into. They want to worship alongside couples that are in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s because they want to know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: what do I need to know that I'm not
0: seeing? Yep. Oh my gosh. Amen. Echo 100%. As a 22-year-old myself, I feel that way. You know, I used to have this mentor just when I lived in Nashville that we got to meet a lot. and yeah. I love meeting with her. I look forward to every time she texts me and say, do you want to get a coffee? Like It made my heart so happy. So and one day she said, you know the power in this is when zeal meets wisdom. Because she was saying Ooh, like your zeal is good. inspiring me and my wisdom. And it was so true. And so what you're saying... That is the beautiful combination, and I believe that's true. So you said something. I was going to ask you this question on what do you think the world misses whenever they just look at college students and they're so quick to say, you are this, you're like this, this is what you're going to be, all these different things. You already kind of mentioned the world might say, we just want to do away with the older generation. First of all, not true. We crave to hear advice from the older generation. Do you think there's other things? I know there's other things, but what are some of those things that you've seen that you're like, you know what? I know this is like stereotypical, but that's just not it.
2: I would say assumptions are always something that we hold on to until we can actually see it in real time, get proven wrong. And the one that I see over and over and over again is that social media, I think, has caused a lot of young people to be seen a certain way that's not actually how they are on the inside. So true. Young people are actually really humble and hungry for someone to speak into them and give them direction, even though they're projecting an image to the world that looks like, I've got it all figured out. I know what my future looks like. I know what brand I want to put out. I know Mm -hmm. this. I know this. That's really just fear talking. What they really want is somebody to speak through the facade and speak to the real them and go, no, no, no. You can show authenticity and you can be 100% yourself. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you navigate figuring out who that is, just like my mentor did for me when I was Mm -hmm. in college.
0: It's so great. So what's some advice? I don't know if this is necessarily something that you would speak to, maybe even something i could ask courtney your wife but maybe you have talked about it as far as social media goes you just said we're putting out something that doesn't necessarily represent what we're meaning to say mm-hmm. what do you think the importance is on making sure what you're putting out actually aligns with who you are
2: I think knowing that about everybody else, you can never compare your real life to somebody else's highlight reel. Mm -hmm. We hear that all the time, that somebody's only showing you what they want to show you. But at the same time, when we make a norm on social media of... Things that I've seen you do, honestly, before and things that my wife puts out there as well is going, hey, my life that I've decided to reveal to you, let me show you something that I wouldn't normally reveal so that, you know, I'm a person who Mm -hmm. wakes up on a Wednesday and has a really, really, really difficult time navigating life. Sometimes I think social media is only ever going to reveal what's really on the inside of us. Social Mm -hmm. media is never the problem. The problem is always the way we treat it. And if we're honest and open and vulnerable and willing to let people into our imperfections, we've actually created the platform on social media to fight the very thing that we thought was the problem.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's so true. It's always funny when people talk to me about all their problems with social media. always say, you run your page, like you created your login, you made your profile, and you post what you post and you follow who you follow. So we are the problem. And that's great, actually, because we can fix that problem. So good. So So I wanted to hit on something just to kind of go back to a podcast I just recently did with my husband, Christian. We talked about his freshman year and how he got here and he was kind of one foot in, one foot out. And you kind of hear this a lot. You know, he grew up in church, he got here. He went straight into this trying to, I guess, make friends, become known, mm-hmm. all these things and realized, wait a second, this is not what I want, and ended up walking in the random, meeting Jesus. I know that story happens for so many people and I know so many people are still stuck in that first part of that story. Yes. And so what's some advice that you give to freshmen going into college and what they're about to walk into?
2: The chief message I think of my life and our church is that Jesus wins. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the chief message of the Bible is that the the grand narrative of human history is Jesus has won the past. He will win the future. He's winning in the present, but the, thing that a college student needs to see immediately is that Jesus is already better than every other Mm -hmm. option they could choose with their life. And so what happened to Christian is what happens to so many others. They try the other options and they don't work. And then that brokenness and emptiness guides them into going, this world has nothing for me. Jesus fills the gap in every single need that I think I need to look for outside of him. And so I think the key is engaging a generation that sees that Jesus is better than any other option they Mm -hmm. can give their life to. And when you know that Jesus wins and that he's everything, you're not going to settle for something that's less than the life Jesus died for us to live.
0: So good. I love that. And I phrase that question to freshmen, but honestly, you might be a sophomore, you might be a junior, you might be a senior, you might be out of college Mm -hmm. and you're like, wait, I still haven't gotten that. Today's the day. Jesus wins. He's better than any other option. If you don't know what to do with that, then find a local church, get plugged in. Miles is representing a local church right now. And that's the kind of thing that we hope that you're met with. Something that has been really cool about this relationship that Christian and I have been able to have with you and Courtney, is just y'all's excitement for our marriage. It's been awesome. Uh, Y'all are so encouraging to marriage. And I've heard you preach some sermons about marriage and families and relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I just would love for you to share even a glimpse of just why you get so excited when you see young people or anybody just start a relationship together or get married.
2: I think when we bring up the word marriage some of us assume the opposite of the excitement and enjoyment and fulfillment that God had intended from the beginning when he himself designed it. Mm -hmm. So our world thinks of marriage and we think about divorce and we think about burdens, but marriage, as you both are seeing just a couple of months in is actually amazing. And watching your life get united with another human being and celebrating that And building and growing a family is the joy of my life Mm. over and above anything that could happen in ministry or my career. And so my reason why I get so excited about marriage is I believe this is what a lost world wants to see from us, mm. that Christ in the church is shown by our union with our spouses. Awesome. And so when people see your joy for one another and your lifelong commitment that survives tough circumstances mm. and your passion and zeal to love the other person, they go, I want that. Right. And that's not about Sadie and Christian. That's about Jesus. That's so true. So that's why I get pumped up that's about so it. so
0: good. You nailed that. I wanted people to hear that because you're right. You said it, you know, at the beginning that when people think of marriage, they think of all these negative things. And maybe they've Mm -hmm. even experienced that or seen that. And so hopefully we can paint a picture of the way that Jesus loves the church. And, uh, man, that's awesome. That's so good. All right, Christian, I'm not going to put you on the spot. You know this. You can. We can take this little segment out. But um, do you have anything that you want to ask just to finish the podcast because you started it?
1: What has been the most rewarding thing that you've seen happen in the church since you started it?
2: So our church started with about 30 people in a hardware store. Wow. And we are not a part of any network, didn't have any other church planting us. So I think the most rewarding thing is that God stripped us of all comfort and showed us that walking on water far exceeds the comfort of a boat. I love the fact that God made it hard on us. I love the fact that it felt like we weren't going to make it so many different times and that God grew this movement literally out of nothing because then you can't give credit anywhere else. So honestly, the most rewarding thing is staying in the unknown, remaining in a place where discomfort and uncertainty are actually your friend because they make Mm. room for Jesus to have to come through.
0: Wow. Okay. Who needed to hear that? I'm raising my hand. No, because listen, I've heard so many people say, what do I do now? Like, Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable. It's unknown. I don't know what to walk in. Like, listen to me say, I love the unknown. I love the uncomfort. And I'm going to say, I feel the same way because every time that happens, And anytime people share with me a story that they're in the know I can't help but smile. And I'm like, I'm so sorry I'm smiling. But like, I'm so excited for where you're at right now because this means it has to be God. So I love that. You crushed it. I hope that so many of you just received so much truth from what Miles just said. And honestly, take some time to go back, write some stuff down, think on that, pray about it, get plugged into a local church. If you're a college student, believe in what God's doing for you yeah. right now. You're not too young. Now's the time. Let's go. Thank you so much, Miles.
1: Whoa, that's good. Whoa, thanks for having that me, fam. Is good. Whoa, that was good.
0: <laughs> All right, fam. I got my husband in the house.
1: In the house.
0: Were you thinking about what you were going to say?
1: Yeah, I was. I'm sorry for that long pause.
0: I love how your brain works, babe. Thank you. All right. So in this special edition of What well, That's Good Podcast, being kind of a college edition because we just interviewed your college pastor.
1: Come on. Come on.
0: I know. He brought the heat. I he figured did. that we would do some good and bad college advice. What I do you think? I love say? it. Let's do it. Amazing. Okay. So let's see here. It's okay to not know what you want to be doing in your future.
1: I would say that's good advice. I think many people come into college and don't really know career-wise what they're wanting to do. And I think that they're trying to, you know, figure it out as they go. Right. But I would say coming into college and knowing the one thing that you're going to continue to do after college is still pursue Jesus and know Jesus and love Jesus and just always be seeking him and wanting to know him more.
0: Yeah. You can kind of tell your story. Like you did not start.
1: Oh yeah. I did not. No, I did not start college wanting to seek him.
0: No, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about how you started in construction.
1: Yeah. I started having my mindset on construction and going to be a builder. And then, yeah, maybe a month or so into college, the Lord just wrecked me. And it's like, you're not doing a construction
0: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, you're actually going to pursue me first (laughs) before anything.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So
0: if you started out and you're like, I don't even know where I'm going, I don't know which direction I want to go, that's okay. But I think that getting your heart aligned with who God is and what God wants to do through you, that's the most important thing.
1: And it's the most important four years for that.
0: So true. All right, let's see. Give yourself some time to learn about yourself and this new season before getting into a relationship.
1: I would say good advice. You know, transitioning from high school into college, you have so much free time. And I heard someone say that free time is the devil's playground, which is such good advice and it's so true, but it also just depends on what you do with that free time. And I would say just really when you get to college, you have so much alone time and you have so much time with yourself. And I think that it's so important to work on your relationship with the Lord and just really find out who you are when you're by yourself and just spend that time with Him before you get into a relationship.
0: Yeah, I mean, free time's only the devil's playground if you invite the devil to your free time. Like, free time can be the most special time with God and, like, learning about yourself. I think it's awesome. And, yeah, I think that advice kind of can go back and forth for anyone. Like, some people, it's great advice. Like, going to college without a relationship, get to know yourself what god's going to do in your life just know people for who they are for friends but if you're already in a relationship and you're going to college there are ways that you can maintain that and pursue the lord pursue each other and get school done it kind of goes for just wherever you're at in life all right here's some other advice and by the way all of these pieces of advice are coming from you guys whoever sent in into the boy that's good podcast so thank you for sending in boy That's good podcast on our instagram page all right advice skip class
1: No, that is the worst advice. Someone actually told me one time that if you skip class, if you look at it, every class is worth X amount of dollars. So if you're paying tuition, you know, every class you miss is actually worth like over $100 or something crazy like that.
0: Oh my gosh, that's crazy. if you think about
1: it, if you skip class, you're just wasting X amount of money.
0: So true. Let's go three more. All right. Study 24-7. Ooh. Um... Yeah, what do you guys say about that, babe? Yeah,
1: because I don't study 24-7. I would say not the best advice because I think that if you study 24-7, then I think that you're making school an idol. And I would say that studying 24-7 can definitely burn you out and maybe give insight that your priorities aren't in the right place. That's good. But I do think studying is super important. And I know the Lord wants us to be diligent where we're at and definitely to work hard. But I do think that you can overwork yourself.
0: Yeah. All right. Find a community that loves and supports you in your relationship with Christ.
1: That is great advice.
0: I would say like that would be your best piece of advice. I've like heard you say that to people.
1: Yeah. You know, the Bible talks so much about living in community. And I think when you get to college, it can be difficult, you know, to find a community and definitely find the right people that you want to be good friends with. But I do think that when you find that community, that only strengthens your relationship with God and strengthens your relationship with your friends in the area. And I think that living in community is what God wants us to do. And I think that's what he intended on us to do. Yeah.
0: So good. All right. Last piece. Everyone has to go to college.
1: (laughs) I would say not good advice. (laughs) Thank you. You did not go to college and there are plenty of successful people that did not go to college. And there are also plenty of people, you know, that don't really need to go to college. I think college is definitely important for like the niche of people that are pursuing a very like particular thing. Mm -hmm. But I also think that a lot of people go to college just for their relationships and just to grow in people skills and just to meet new people. But I would say that, you know, if you don't really know what you want to do and you don't really think you need college for it, I don't think college is a necessity.
0: Mm -hmm. Obviously, I don't think everybody has to go to college. I didn't go to college or I haven't this far in my life. But this point i don't think you're gonna
1: go to college college. you're just fooling yourself
0: i I know i'm just trying to be broad here okay but i will say although i myself did not go to college i do think college is great like christian said there is a particular skill set that you want college is amazing for that also people skills it's fun it's a time in your life where you get to grow in relationship and yeah, I think it's awesome, but I also don't think everybody has to go to college. If you are going a different direction and feel a different direction, I think that that is awesome. I think you should follow that. Obviously, as I saw God blow my mind with just a yes to faith in that area. So totally depends. And hey, people go to college at like 50, like you can go to college yeah. anytime. So maybe yeah. it's not for you now. Maybe you're taking a gap year, but whatever. If you go to college, if you don't go to college, as Albert Einstein says, wisdom is not the product of schooling, but of the lifelong attempt to acquire it. One of my favorite quotes.
1: Thanks, Albert.
0: Thanks, Albert. Now that is good advice. That is good (laughs) advice. Thank you so much for listening to the Whoa That's Good podcast. I have so much fun doing this. I hope you all have fun listening. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at LegitCityRob and follow the podcast at Whoa That's Good podcast. Head on over to liveoriginal.com to see when I'm in a city near you or visit Live Original blog on our online store, which carries my exclusive Words by City Rob line. Also, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and leave comments so we can hear what you're loving. I want to give a special shout out to my audio engineer, Marcus Depala the whole team at United Talent Agency, and my Live Original team. You guys are awesome. And hey, so are all of you too. Thanks so much for listening.